0: Welcome back to the Roundtable on Dog Post. Dean Legge, Josh Kendall joins me today from the state newspaper. Josh, how long have you been covering uh, college football now?
1: Oh, goodness. I thought you were going to say game. I can't even remember for the college football. I guess technically my first full year on the beat was Jim Dyson's last year. So whatever the math oh. is on that. from, from Was that 99? Did Rick, did no, no that was 2000.
0: So you you've almost okay. covered South Carolina as long as you've covered Georgia.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're getting we're getting there for sure.
0: All right. Well, Josh joins me. Josh and Josh was a one of the original members of the roundtable. So we've gotten back to our roots here a little bit while Fletcher. This is a classic.
1: Yeah, classic roundtable classic edition.
0: Back when we used to have all of our hair.
1: Oh well, <laughs> I'm not sure that I ever had all of my hair. Actually, in high school, but I abused the privilege, so God took it away from me. <laughs>
0: All right, there's a lot to discuss. We've not talked, uh, we've not done a roundtable in some time. We did Dean Legacy show last night. Josh, you know, when you step back, uh, you remember the Rose Bowl for the Dogs. Alabama won the national championship. Um, you know, obviously the SEC has become very powerful again. It feels that way at least. But what are you looking at across the league? Uh, we're a week away from media days, and uh, that is really the, the kickoff to the season. What are you looking at globally in the SEC? And I'll kind of, we'll kind of dig into um, everything from there.
1: Globally, I, I think that last year was a step in the right direction in the sense that Georgia challenged Alabama. Obviously, Auburn is as well. Auburn beats Alabama. Georgia wins the conference title. But I, I think the rest of the, the conference needs to come along now. I think you're still looking at a very top-heavy league. I think that the Floridas and Tennessees of the world programs that have been traditional powers and that we know can be nationally competitive teams need to get their feet back under them. I think that LSU needs to be LSU for the SEC to be as good as it should be. I think that Texas A&M should be better than it is consistently. Well, sh- so Should, uh, I should think they? Should they well, we
0: can we can circle back to A&M, but keep yes, going.
1: Yeah, Period. Uh, we, yeah, we'll come back to that. I just think that, I think for me globally, this is the question of the SEC is still a depth issue. I think that you, you, the thing about the SEC that in the, in that stretch, how many years ago it's been now, that made it so, so interesting to me is that every team had a juggernaut of a schedule. You, I mean, it was really a murderer's row. You've got some teams in the East now who, I'm, to be frank, their schedule is not that difficult. And even in the West, it just depends on, you know, South Carolina's got to play Ole Miss and A&M yeah. as their crossover games. Yeah. And then you get Kentucky, although I know they've beaten Carolina four years in a row, but still, they're Kentucky. You've got Vandy. You've got a Tennessee program that's been bad recently. So I just I feel like the SEC, to really be the SEC, is still lacking this.
0: I think you're right. I mean, I think the big thing about the league when we used to do roundtables, and this was from 2005 to 2011, uh, with Josh at least. Uh, I mean, you had a slew of schools that were were winning the conference or winning the national championship. I mean, in five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, uh, you did not have a repeat champion. Um, you had, you, you couldn't really tell from one year to the next what was going to happen in the league. I mean, you know, Georgia wins it in uh, five, rebuilds, and in six the Gators take it. In seven, the Gators take a step backwards, and LSU wins it with two losses. It just it seems like right now you really, I think Las Vegas thinks you've got three teams in the league. And All I right. think I think they and think. That, go ahead.
1: Well, that would be my argument. How many teams? Going into sitting in the first week of July, second week of July now, how many teams can you make a realistic argument could win a division title this year?
0: I'd Div- say three. A division title, a division title. It, it's how many hard. Teams it, are in the? It, it's hard. in the run. Well, it's just it's hard Go. to see someone beating Georgia out in the East now. What I mean by that is not not by defeating them. I mean there are some early right. there are some early lines where Georgia. You can bet these lines too, where Georgia's a fourteen point favorite in Columbia.
1: Right. I agree with you. So my three teams are Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn. Those well, are the, what's three
0: the teams. What's the likelihood that Auburn wins the West?
1: It's there. I think you've got to I mean, I think you've got to recognize it simply because they did last year. They've got a really good quarterback. And Gus Melzon, for as sort of weirdly over the map as Auburn has been, Gus Melzahn, I think, has proven himself as a Really good football coach. I so I, I think I mean, you've got to the, give what's Auburn.
0: The, what's the case there? I mean, I think you know you, you talk about coming within a play of winning the national championship. Auburn did that in 2013. But there's been a fair amount of eight and fives in Gus Malzahn's time. And there's you know everybody everybody has this, but there's been a fair amount of disappointing losses too.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's done it with Stidham is a good player. I mean, Stidham's obviously a five-star recruit. But who was the kid that they were so good with, the quarterback? He's done it with a lot of different types of players. He's done no, it with not necessarily elite players. Well, let's he's just. Show uh, Nick Saban. Well, he, that is
0: there's that. A, I I'm not suggesting he's a bad coach, but when you look at Auburn, they've gone twelve and two, eight and five, seven and six, eight and five, and ten and four. I mean, they've never had a season where they don't lose. At least two games, and the bulk of their time, they're losing four games. I mean, there's only one. It, it, there's only one season, Josh, in that time where Auburn hasn't lost four games, or five games, or six games.
1: Right, but he's won two division titles, sharing a state with Nick Saban. I think he gets a lot of credit for that. In my book, he gets a lot of credit.
0: So that he's gone two and three against Nick matters, m- trumps almost everything else.
1: Cause that's yes. basically well, what it's yes. come
0: down to. Cause L- L- I think that that's a big... we're, we're kind of, I know we're, we're, we're scattering. This is what we do when we talk, whether it's on these or not, you know, but what happened? LSU has just died. I mean, yes. you used to not be able to talk about the West without talking about LSU. And, you know, the, you know, 2011 is long gone. What, what are we really seeing here from LSU that makes? I mean, if 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 you don't have if you have an SEC West without LSU, that is a little bit like having an SEC East without Tennessee. I mean, you know, yeah. the Gators have sort of done their part, and South Carolina has certainly stepped up here lately. I mean, South Carolina is not a bad program right now. They just happen. No. To, their two foes, their two biggest foes, just happen to be having a really good time. But boy, LSU right. is just. Can you explain that?
1: Right, LSU. I mean, I think I, I think that I think. Can I explain it? Yeah, I mean, I think they made a bad head coaching hire. I think that there's you know, and there was reason to believe that they made a bad coaching head coaching hire when they made it. Um, yes, but you know, I, I don't it, think it. it, it well, it's more complicated than that.
0: Well, they have not had a ten win season since Les was their coach, but you know, LSU has eaten a bunch of losses lately: nine and four, eight and four, nine and three, eight and five. Now. Nine and three and nine and four is not the end of the world, but there's a couple eight win seasons in there. If you're LSU, I don't know.
1: Right. It's probably in in my mind. I I picture LSU as having fallen off a cliff, and that's not fair. LSU has not fallen off. A cliff. Oh yeah, I but think like, they might they, have
0: fallen off a cliff. Just maybe the cliff isn't so you know far. But,
1: well, they might fall off the cliff. They might fall legitimately off the cliff this year. I think that's absolutely a possibility. Think
0: they're but they're
1: just not as good as they need to be. Like, there's just no more... There is one premier game in the SEC... interdivision game in the SEC West this year. And that's Auburn and Alabama. One game in the regular season in that division that's considered a premier... We got to be sitting on the couch watching that game when it's played. And I would argue... I mean, I mean, are other in the East? It, it may be... I mean, It, it may legitimately be I think it, I mean, I will make the argument that that Georgia-South Carolina game in week two is the premier SEC East interdivision game next year. And that's the second week of the season. It's possible because Florida and Tennessee are kind of kicking the can around that the East could be decided by the 10th of September, 9th of September. That's not about LSU.
0: So you think... Well, let me give you a chance to, you take a minute here and sell me on South Carolina. Not winning the East, but why will they be a legitimate foe for people that they deal with?
1: Jake Bentley is a good quarterback, a good to really good quarterback, I think, and he's a veteran quarterback. Debo Samuel is maybe the most dynamic offensive player in the league and a difference maker for them. A guy who scored six touchdowns in uh, 11 quarters of football last year. The offensive line is veteran. Um, you know, I, I think the jury's still out on whether they can be really good, but they're solid. I think their ceiling or their floor is solid. Their running backs, I think the floor is okay. None of those guys have stepped up. But I think that Brian Edwards is probably the best number two wide receiver in the SEC. Um, obviously, with Brian McClendon caught played for the first time, really, in his, head coaching, or his coaching career. That's a question mark, but if the offense can be good, the defense will be solid. They've got a couple of marquee guys, and I think that we've got to give Will Muschamp and Flash, mini-flash Tavares Robinson some benefit of the doubt based on their track record. The defense will be, will be good. So if they can score some points, I think South Carolina will be a tough out for most everybody, and going back to what I was talking about with the Georgia game, I mean, I don't know what Vegas is, how Vegas is going to line it up. I don't know how Vegas necessarily sees the Gamecocks. But I can see a scenario where South Carolina is the favorite ten times this year. Against, Which speaks every, to,
0: against everybody but Georgia and Clemson.
1: Right. Which speaks to the fact that South Carolina has gotten themselves on real solid footing as a program. I agree. And that the SEC is not where maybe it ought to be.
0: Well, they are solid. I mean, they're solid. They're not great. I mean, the, they beat Michigan. They beat NC State. They beat the Gators. They beat Tennessee. I mean, everything about last season was awesome for South Carolina, except that they got railroaded against Clemson. They they couldn't really stick in there and win the win the game against Georgia when they needed to. Not that not that anybody expected them to necessarily, but they've just kind of you know they they weren't good when they really. I mean, they the when when Spurrier's last excuse me a few years there, I mean when you start talking about from twenty ten to twenty thirteen, that really was that was the heyday for, for for Carolina, and they won the division once, and you know and right now they are really suffering through this Clemson thing, and I know that they <laughs> I know that they hate that, and I know that Clemson really hated it when. You know, Dabo was getting his teeth kicked in by Spurrier. So it's just, this is how it goes with those two. But I, I, think, I think it's both, it's two things at the same time. I think South Carolina has done, I think Will has done a very good job getting Carolina to be, you know, certainly a top 20 team, top 20 program. And it will depend on what yeah. they, it'll depend, like you can't, you can't really be a top 20 team if you're losing to Kentucky. I mean like right. well, there's there's something wrong there and I think they've lost to Kentucky more this decade than they've won.
1: Yeah. They have gotta fix it. Whatever whatever the, the glitch in the algorithm is there with the Kentucky thing, they've got they've gotta fix that. But if you if you pick up you know, if, if you pick up last year in a vacuum nine and four and drop it anywhere, pretty much anywhere in history no question. in South Carolina's football history, it's a great, great season. So I don't think we should diminish the nine and four when you beat an N C
0: no, no, no one on good this solid no program. one on this no one on this podcast is diminishing what they've done. I mean I right. think I right. think that four. nine and four is outstanding, but it, it's not in a vacuum and they have to suffer with the you know the orange right. clad as well as Georgia. But that makes are they're they're
1: two, two most better rivals.
0: Right. No, Georgia's away. not a rival or at South
1: least Carolina. Um or at least a good step ahead of them.
0: Look, here's the, that makes me want to transition to Texas A and M. You know, nice. Texas A and M has not had a ten win season since Johnny Football was their guy. Before that, that is the only ten win season they've had this century. So, with with everything that you know, we talk about with Texas A and M and what their potential is, it, it's not there yet. I mean, and they haven't proven that they have the ability to consistently win uh, in this century. Not not at the 10-win level. I mean, when they beat Alabama, that's going to go down as one of the all-time great moments in Texas A&M history. There's no question. I mean, I was not there, but I watched it, you know, in the press box at Auburn, and very few people in that press box of Georgia and Auburn people could really believe what was happening. But when you start talking about Texas, Texas A&M, but those schools have been very disappointing this decade, uh, generally speaking, and this century for Texas A&M. And Texas A&M, though, Josh, went out and got Jimbo. And if there's one thing that can change things, it's a head coach. And so what chance does he have over the next two years of legitimately changing where the Aggies are going?
1: I, I think that that's a great question, and I don't know. I think some of the – for me personally – some of the shine is off Jimbo's rose, and I don't know that that's necessarily fair. I think that, you know, sometimes situations just run their course. and I think it's pretty clear yeah. that Jimbo and FSU had just run its course. Um, I say that Texas A and M should be better for two reasons. They, or for there are more than two reasons, but my biggest two are they are in obviously a talent rich recruiting environment, and and secondly, they will put as many resources as they need to into being good. So therefore, they should be better than they have been, and I I will continue to say that until they are in the conversation for the West almost every year because I think that that's where that program ought to be. Now, can Jimbo get there? I think it just depends on how much gas he's got left in the tank. Um, Obviously, he's proven that he can do it, but, you know, uh, is he still – the thing about Nick, whatever you think of Saban, you've got to give him credit for the fact that his eyes never, ever leave the prize. He never takes his foot off the gas, ever. And I think that, I mean, look to me, like Jimbo took his foot off the gas a little bit of that issue. So does the change of scenery reinvigorate him? Does he get, you know, does he get cranked up again? Can he get those one or two recruits that kind of make a difference, difference makers in there? We'll see. Um, is it tough to do when Alabama's in your division? Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah, but sure, all you got to do you is know,
0: beat <laughs> Alabama. I mean, that, that's easier said than done. But it's not like it's an impossible thing. I mean, in the last few years, they have taken losses. I mean, they, they have been beaten. So, you know, Oklahoma, yeah. Clemson, uh, Auburn, there's been, o- Ohio State, there's been teams that have defeated Alabama. And in the West, the, the the quote-unquote easiest way to do it is beat them head-to-head and then just lose another game in the division, and you're still going to go to Atlanta. So it's not like it's impossible to do it. But they no one else has done it yet. Not, not consistently, at least.
1: Right. Not consistently enough to, uh, other than Auburn, Break their stranglehold on the division. So, um, you know, I just Texas should be better. When you go out there and you see all of that they put into that, and you know the history of high school football and recruiting in that state, they just should be better. Period. They should be. You know, they they should not be kicking around with Arkansas. Um, they they just they just shouldn't. You know, they should be. That should not be a competitive situation. They should not be kicking around with Ole Miss or Mississippi State.
0: Um, well, state. I mean, I. Th- I mean, I think everybody in the league is going to vote state as the three in the West again. Uh, this yeah, year. I
1: would think so. I don't think so. Everybody likes that coach. Everybody thinks highly of that coach. We'll see how he does as a head coach at a at a major program. I think he obviously did pretty well as a head coach. At Can't Florida. believe you just called Mississippi
0: um, State a major program. Well,
1: come on, now. it'd be nice. But they've got a good roster. They've got a good, really good quarterback. So yeah, I think that. I think that that's fair. I think everybody else has, you know, other than Alvin and Auburn, has enough question marks that certainly Mississippi State is the solid um, the solid three. Who, who is the three I mean, Go ahead. Who's the three in the East?
0: Yeah, I mean, who is? Is Carolina your solid two? I think they're, they're my solid two. Yeah, I think
1: I think Florida next week will get some love as a two in the East from some people. Why? Because people like them all in higher and because they're Florida. And because they're still, you know, they the, the SEC is like a battleship. The SEC media is like a battleship. It's slow, it's slow to turn. I still think you, you have some residual. South Carolina can't be really that good, can they? Feeling throughout. Yeah, you the know the funny race.
0: thing is is that uh, Florida gets overvoted more than I feel like almost anybody. I mean, yeah, that, I think that's probably and, that, and that might be because there's just more um, members of the media from the state True. and they know it better. Yes. But um, it, is, it is interesting because it seems like the Gators are consistently that way. Are you going to stick Kentucky in front of Tennessee? I mean, wh- where are you with, and I know you didn't you know survive the Jeremy Pruitt years in Athens, but where are you with his chances there long term? I mean, t- a lot of Tennessee people really do think that they've got the right guy. And so to not be that, you know, asshole... From, from the Georgia's perspective, I want to know right. what – I mean, you have to take people seriously when they think they've got something right, even though you have your skepticism about it. I can't get anybody at Georgia, Josh, to say a good word about Jeremy Pruitt. I, I, I can't. I've talked to a lot of players. I've talked to a lot of coaches. And I just wonder, what what's Tennessee got that they're looking forward to here? Change?
1: Yeah, I think I think change. I think you know everybody thinks that they've got the next saving. I'm skeptical too. I'm mean, you know I'm two to one that it's going to be really bad versus any good. I think that it could just you know it could really be bad in terms of don't win enough. He gets testy when you know when the bloom is off the rose and and things just are, are not comfortable there. I, I think that why does Tennessee? You know, why is Tennessee optimistic? Because everybody's optimistic when they make a new hire. Because Phil Former rode in on did his you,
0: white did horse. You, and did you feel I, – I know, I mean, you covered Kirby as a player. No, 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 you didn't. But you had him a little bit during the time that you were – when he was an assistant. Did you, did you think Georgia people were full of it when they thought Kirby was the guy? Um, no, I didn't think they were full
1: what? of it. But I thought that they were um, – I, I, I thought that they – needed to wait and see, um, I think that, you know, let's go back. Let's rewind the clock. You know, this is, this is sort of, you know, we're going to lose half the people here probably because they don't remember <laughs> this far back in history. Probably not. Probably not. But let's tell me what the difference is. Go back in time and really think and tell me what the difference is between Brad Scott and Mark Rick. When, when South Carolina wow. hired Brad Scott and when mm-hmm. Georgia hired Mark Rick, what was the difference in those two, in those two guys?
0: Well, I, I, I will admit that I'm not certain I know as much about Mark's time at Florida State. I was at Coker when Brad Scott first started at South Carolina, and uh, there was a lot of momentum. What felt like momentum at Carolina at the time. Um, when Mark arrived at Georgia, I think that they had felt like they felt like they had gone as far as they could possibly go with Jim Donnan. That he had done enough to rescue the program, but he could not get them to the league championship game. I don't know if I could tell you the difference between the two because I I was, you know, 17. So I'm not as familiar with it.
1: My argument argument would be, you know, we we all love to sit and judge coaching hires two years later and talk about how dumb they were. Well, that's not fair. That's not realistic. My argument is that the day South Carolina hired Brad Scott and the day Georgia hired Mark Rick, that's basically the same guy from from where I'm sitting. Young-ish at the time, but also had plenty of experience working under Bobby Babbin for a long time. So young enough, but a veteran enough, hot shot offensive mind, had the winning culture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Brad Scott flamed out of Carolina. Yeah. Mark Rick had a very long and successful career at Georgia. I just think that for us, you know, and like you say, Carolina people were over the moon about Brad Scott. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have been. They, they probably should have been. I see why they I see why Carolina people thought that was a good hire, and it turned out bad. So, folks just think that their hires are good hires, and they should. But you well. can you can punch every button. You can punch every button, and it just doesn't work out. So well, here here's the out. biggest
0: the biggest challenge for Phil Fulmer at Tennessee, or Greg McGarity at Georgia, or I don't know the AD at A and M's name. Um, or Strickland at Florida with uh, Dan Mullen. It really, to me, is about striking the right person for your institution. Will Muschamp was never really a fit for Florida as the head coach. Now, I, I can't tell you why. I don't. I don't know actually. Tennessee is a very. It's, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, I think Will's a much better hire, a much better fit at Carolina. I agree. Than Florida, and I think I think your point is correct.
0: So. Tennessee is a very different animal than Alabama. Um, The two schools have a lot in common, but they are not at all in the same stratosphere in terms of athletic departments. Alabama's is much better than Tennessee's, generally speaking. And Tennessee has been going through what's feeling like now a decade-long rebuild of their athletic department, period. Whether you're talking about... I mean, football hasn't won the conference since 1998, Women's basketball has just sunk, um, comparatively speaking, to its past. And I'm not sure what else is supposed to be good at Tennessee. Basketball, first year with um, after Bruce Pearl left now uh, years ago, you get my point. They, they had entrenched players with Summit, Fulmer, and to some degree, Pearl. And those guys all left, and they were kind of lost in the forest. They're still trying to figure that all out. I think the the issue for me with Jeremy in looking at this thing is I, I think he thinks everything should be the way that it is at Alabama. And he's probably right in that thinking. The problem is every place isn't Alabama and therefore you're not going to get the same institutional support. You're not going to get the same passion. You're not going to get the same zeitgeist, whatever it is. And he's going to have to... Uh, figure out how to navigate the minefield that is Knoxville. It is not an easy job. He is getting beaten up and bloodied in the nose right now in recruiting in-state. And that's a basic at Tennessee. You have to get that group of five to eight kids to come to Tennessee, and then you sprinkle everybody else around from Atlanta, California, Florida, wherever. the The, the problem that Jeremy always had at Georgia was He tried to make it something that it wasn't. Kirby has slowly changed Georgia into a different thing, uh, and he's done it in very subtle ways. Jeremy's not very good with subtlety, so generally speaking, I am—I would be concerned that Tennessee, if if I were a Tennessee person, about the longevity of Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee because of. Of his personality. Now, if he can shove it through, if he can get everybody to get on the same page, and all of a sudden the institution is really giving a shit, and there's all sorts of things that, you know, start going Tennessee's way um, with recruiting, etc., then he'll be successful. But maneuver, people got to believe in you. And I, that's the part I'm skeptical with him, but he has, he gets that. That's why I'm open-minded about it. I think that he, you know, he needs to be given a chance too up there. I just don't, I, I don't know if that will work.
1: Right. I agree. I agree with, I agree with your points. I think Tennessee believes that they are a blue blood program. They were. Um And well, yeah, but I think it, it, it not that they don't have some right to believe that, but it's, they, they, they believe that they're a blue blood program at a place where it's difficult to maintain blue blood level, just for a variety of reasons. I mean, how, how, of far are they,
0: how far are they from just being Virginia Tech?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you, it, when you look at geographically and just the things, that the, the built-in advantages that they just have because they're the University of Tennessee, it's not nearly as they're much more akin to a Virginia tech than they are to an Alabama period. I just think that that's true. So, so when you believe you're a blue blood program, because you, you went, you had some blue blood years, you you maybe think that things are easier than they really were. And that that's that, and that those things happened just because you're a blue blood program and you're always going to be a blue blood program. And they're clearly not, they're clearly sort of, you know, more, more, more of a tire fire athletically these days than they were. so, yeah, they've got to. They've got to turn the battleship as well. And I, I, I share the same concerns with you from what we've seen from personality. If he'll be able to do something that's going to take, it seems, some long term concerted effort and of some bit of um, poise and decorum and something doing
0: it. Well, they've not won the league in twenty years. They've had four 10 win seasons in that in se- this century that's it i mean we're 18 years into it you know georgia georgia went 20 years without winning the conference between 1982 and 2002 but there were some decent years in there at least i mean there weren't you know in 2000 uh, excuse me you start talking about the 87 88 those were decent teams 92 97 98 those were decent teams Tennessee, I mean I, I'm you know, since in this past ten years, the closest their best two seasons were twenty fifteen and sixteen that culminated in wins in the Outback Bowl and the Music City Bowl. They're they're I wonder how far away they are. And I I, I do wonder is this um the new normal for them?
1: They look pretty far away to me. Now uh, things can I change agree. quickly. We've seen, you know, we've seen things change relatively quickly, but they look far away from me, to me.
0: Uh, is there any? I mean, I don't want to talk about Arkansas. There's kind of no point in them. Um, but you see this as a three-way race for the league. You see this as a t- uh, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn situation. I mean, what is at the end of the day ever going to be the downfall of Alabama with Nick Saban as
1: their head guy? Nick, um, Nick retiring, or um, or Kirby proving that he can do it at this type of level, at sustained level, where I, I think that it's I think that it's fair to say that.
0: So you Georgia, think Kirby Kirby is a direct threat to Alabama?
1: I think Georgia. I think Georgia from a program and resources et cetera standpoint can be a threat to Alabama's program. And I think Kirby will see. But, but you know, I think if you got Kirby and Nick operating with peak powers, then, you know, theoretically Georgia could take half to put Alabama has. So Georgia, you know, they could they could trade it back and forth. And Alabama's not used to sharing on a fifty fifty basis these days in the conference. So I think that I think that Nick Leaving or Georgia sustaining this type of recruiting and on field success that they're doing are the, are the only things that slow Alabama down in the foreseeable future.
0: Well, here, here's the thing Kirby has recruited like this the entire time he's been at Georgia. He's basically had three recruiting classes. I mean, 16, 17, and 18 are in the back. He's really only had two years, though. So right. is, is the future 2017 or 2016 at Georgia that we saw at Georgia?
1: Well, I think 2017. I think that's you think I what think we did
0: you, you, you think the Rose Bowl, et cetera, was more like what we will see in the future from Kirby and company?
1: I think that that's the way the rest of the league should operate. I think that's the assumption the rest of the league should be in because that was year two in, year, in Kirby. They were building toward that and they, the way that they continue to recruit. I think that the league needs to assume that Georgia is at that level to stay for a while and needs to understand that everybody in the East, at least, needs to understand that that's the level they've got to work toward if they're going to change that, if they're going to compete consistently for the division title.
0: What do you think Mullen will do at Florida in the long run?
1: I think he'll do a good, solid job. I think that um, just like Florida is different from South Carolina, uh, Florida is different from Mississippi State. Oh, yeah. So we've pointed out that, that Will may may have not been the best fit at Florida, but seems to be a great fit at South Carolina. Dan may have been a great fit at Mississippi State and may not be a good fit at Florida. I, I don't know. So. Um, Yeah, I think he's got to. We've got to see what he's going to be. Well, you can't be. You can't
0: be the underdog with the Gators. I mean, there's just there's just no scenario where. I mean, nobody's going to believe that. Even if you legitimately are, I don't mean on a week to week basis. I mean globally, you're the Gators. I mean, you got to be a bunch of killers. The their fan base won't accept something different. You know, this is who they are. They have they have well they've had struggles these last ten years. I mean. It's been rough out there for some of these schools. Do you, do you think Missouri, I mean, considering their situation, nobody ever talks about Missouri, but I know Georgia has to go out there. They didn't struggle with them. They just didn't beat them as bad as maybe some other people that they beat last year. Georgia's got to go to Missouri. What shot do you give Missouri of making a splash in any way this fall?
1: Um, virtually zero, 5%. I'm just not, I'm just not a believer that, that, that they're going to be competitive I, but I can't just stop my, anybody to, that's the
0: yeah, big
1: problem and just, I mean, they, they made a completely unproven hire Derek Dooley, a guy who's never coordinated um, and comes in cold out of not completely out of your system it just feels, it, everything out there feels disjointed to me, I don't think they're going to be any good at all
0: do you see anyone stopping Clemson in the ACC Can, I mean, and I don't mean the usual turd laying that we see once a year from Clemson, I mean legitimately preventing them from winning the conference
1: no, unless Miami. I'm just not a, I mean, I just don't love Miami's quarterback. Um, I like him a lot, but I just don't know that he's a bad guy. Um, so, no, I think that Clemson probably wins the ACC again and, and is in the playoff. Now, what, how their quarterback situation shakes out, I don't know. But I think, cause they, you know, I think they've got it in gear there. I don't see anything changing that this year.
0: What about in the Big 12?
1: have not paid a lick of attention, I would just assume Oklahoma. I, I, you know, I was a Tom Herman believer for a while. There, we'll see if he gets it going in Texas. Texas should be better, for sure. Definitely should be better, and you and and the Big Twelve needs them to be better. But you know, I, for now, I think you've got to, um, you know, at the, the quarterback, you know, you know, Kyler Murray could just not be that great. We, you know, that could happen, and then West Virginia or somebody weird sneaks in. But I think, I, I mean, I think you got to pick up from home.
0: Do you do you see a scenario? I mean, the 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 Pac twelve, you know. I guess it's SC, you would think, maybe UW. Washington's supposed to be decent, but you get the feeling they're going to really need to beat Auburn that first game. If they can do that, you know, that would that would push them a long way towards getting to the playoff. Um, but I get the feeling, you know, for the last two years, we've suffered through this nonsense about Clemson and Alabama, you know, meeting up again. And, uh, you know, I, I think this the, the nonsense this year is going to be, Georgia and Alabama are going to play in the conference championship, and they both deserve to get into the playoff. That's what everybody's going to say. But at the end of the day, I think you're going to have to win the league. I think if you don't win the league, no who, who matter who you are, uh, it's going to be hard for the loser of the SEC championship game to go to the playoff. I mean, it, there's been no... Alabama has not won the league and played for a national championship twice this decade. But no one, to my knowledge, has lost the conference championship game that they played in and gone on to play for it. So, if they both arrive there, Josh, what scenario do you see where uh, Georgia and Alabama, after playing one another, the loser gets in? How bad does the Big Twelve, Pac-12 dynamic, and maybe even the ACC, if if Clemson were to lose to if Clemson already had a loss, they lose in the championship game to a four-loss Miami? I mean, how bad does it have to get jumbled up nationally for the SEC to get their conference champion and loser
1: in there? I think pretty bad. I, I think that uh, it would have, you know, the SEC, the loser would have, would have to be undefeated in the regular season. It would have to be a competitive game, and other things would have to shake out. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that uh, I, I don't think that anybody other than Alabama, quote unquote Alabama, gets in in that scenario last year, even. So, and yeah, not, not that they right. didn't deserve to be in because they were a good football team and they won the national title, but that doesn't happen for somebody else. So, um, I, don't think it did, I don't think that happens to Georgia if Georgia's has been in, in, in a similar scenario. So, I think that especially given that Georgia and Alabama played for the national title last year, I think that that hurt, while rationally you might think, well, that proves the SEC's case, I think perception-wise and maybe that matters a little bit more that increases the call for, we can't have that again. So we've got to make sure I mean, we've got to increase participation at the party. So well, but the other leagues, I, I the I other
0: don't leagues don't got to do their part. I mean, Clemson's doing its part, you know, I mean, Clemson's doing all it can do basically, even, even with the turb loss that they consistently have, they, they, they are doing their part. Uh, the big 12 has basically done its part. You know, I, if you're ohio state you, you can't get you know beat the way they did at oklahoma with Oklahoma at home, and then they got absolutely murdered by Iowa, didn't they i mean uh and then yeah you, you know I just I don't know i mean there's that's two losses i mean both by double digits if I'm not mistaken so I'm not sure i mean the other leagues if there's only so much to complain about if you're not doing your part i mean I cannot recall. Off the top of my head, but I have a trusty computer right here. Uh, what happened with USC in 2017? But they, I feel like they lost to Oregon State or somebody really weird last year, didn't they? Yeah, they
1: didn't have a, they didn't have a great season. But I think Washington, I, I think Washington will win that league out there this year. And I think that the Auburn game, almost yeah. whatever the scenario is, uh, Was- will be so Washington, far Washington, they, the
0: USC lost at Washington on a, Washington State on a Friday night, which is not the end of the world. Yeah. They got destroyed by Notre Dame. They got beat okay. forty nine yeah. to fourteen. I mean, you just you know you can't have that. You cannot right. have that.
1: Right. I agree. I agree. But I still think that there are enough uh, enough good teams that the SEC would. It's very unlikely that the SEC. SEC sure shouldn't count on that again.
0: No, but the SEC has been able to count on it a, a few times. I mean, if you if you think about it, in this last ten year period, really it's eleven. LSU has played for the national championship with two losses. Alabama didn't win its division twice and won the national championship. So about every three years, excuse me, about every four years, the SEC gets a mulligan. They, they, they definitely get a mulligan. And the Gators in 2006 backed their way into the national championship game. So you just can't, you never know. You never know. I mean, the big thing is you just got to win as many games as you can possibly win. And the, I wrote about this the other day. You know, Mark Richt, was a, I, he was a, an excellent coach. He, was, he just lost the wrong games. And Kirby has right. so far not lost the wrong games. I mean, the, the, the game that George, Georgia and, and Auburn both played one another, you know, twice last year, they both were blown out. It just so happens that Georgia blew out Auburn when they needed to blow Auburn out and not get blown out. So it, it really did matter. Um, it does matter when you play and, and if you win or not. And so it's, uh, it's not always fair necessarily, but there's nothing that has to be fair about sports and certainly nothing that has to be fair about uh, college football. What's your favorite part about media days, Josh? Leaving? Leaving?
1: Oh, I don't know. I I, I, I I do enjoy the sport. I do enjoy the sport, and I do start missing it by about now. Um, so, I, you know, I enjoy the fact that I, I don't enjoy writing, um, you know, top five best plays in South Carolina's 2017 yeah. season. Yeah. You know, top five. You know, I, that, that, I, I would rather write some, meat, some meaty stuff, and I think we can start writing meatier stuff. I think the season gets within sight, and we can start really talking about the 2019 season, which is better than... Just sort of the summer stuff that we do to to fill the to fill the whatever it is out there. So I I I don't I don't hate media days. I don't I really don't. I enjoy the sport. I enjoy what how big a deal it is. And so that's you know it that'll that'll be me.
0: I'm sorry you you're hearing Muppet Babies in the background. What's your favorite part of uh, of it? I mean, are you how are you are you intrigued by this going to uh, Atlanta?
1: We'll see. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. It's never mattered to me where they held it. I enjoyed knowing where to get where everything was in Birmingham, just the familiar area. This airport, is a lot of inside.
0: This is a lot of inside baseball. But don't you think it's about time for a move? I mean, they can barely fit people into that thing in Birmingham.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get. I totally get why they're doing it, and they'll move it around some. And I think that I, I think that you know Atlanta has got a chance to impress some folks, and you know it, it'll certainly be be a totally different experience being there than it was in Birmingham in this, or the suburbs of Birmingham out at the mall. Now you're going to be in Atlanta in town. I mean, it's a totally different type of vibe. Um, and I think that, I think, that it's a, I think it's a pretty big deal for Atlanta in terms of if they want to anchor themselves as a college football hub, despite not having a dominant college football program. And so I, so I think that that's, I think that that's helpful, and I think you don't think Georgia. Do you that. don't think
0: Georgia is a, a dominant football program. Well,
1: they're not an Atlanta team. I mean, I know. Are it's you kidding Atlanta. right now with this?
0: Atlanta. Are are, are yeah, we no. really going to talk about? I mean, it's like saying, you know, I, I, what are you doing? It's like Dallas isn't a Texas town or something like that. What are you talking about, Atlanta? And there's more Georgia fans in Atlanta than anywhere else. Period.
1: But the university, but the University of Georgia is not in Atlanta.
0: Well, I'm not not going to dispute that, but you know,
1: uh, Atlanta is um, not an SEC town. Oxford is Atlanta is not an SEC town. Are
0: you? Have you gone? Are you off your medication? (laughs) What what do you think? (laughs) What do you think they do there every? What, What are you talking about, Josh?
1: I'm just looking at a map.
0: You, you don't think the SEC, Atlanta is SEC? I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to rethink what you just said there, because our audience is probably wondering about your, your credentials right now. You're telling me the stand a- Atlanta is not an SEC town? What kind of town is it?
1: It does not have an SEC institution in it, therefore it is not an SEC town. No. I, stand on the, I stand on a firm foundation here.
0: No, you, you're, you're factually correct. And then you said, therefore. I mean, then you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> Josh, 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 Josh. It, I, I mean, is this, uh, you have to give, um, oh God, I've forgotten his name, Gary um, Stokin and crew uh, a lot of credit. I mean, when you think about, you know, the biggest thing that had happened to the Peach Bowl and the Atlanta folks was moving into the dome in, in 1992 when I think it was Mississippi State played North Carolina or whoever it was, I mean, they, they hosted a national championship game. <laughs> Obviously, they don't get to the national championship game without the SEC moving to the Dome in two thousand in 1994 uh, and all of these Peach Bowls that they have figured out how to get them into a game that really matters. I mean, they've hosted a semifinal yeah. and now they host a national championship game. I've only I've not, I've only been to I've only been to the semifinal at the Orange Bowl, a semifinal at the Rose Bowl, and the national championship at um, in Atlanta. So I don't have a lot of experience with all of the different sites, but the Orange Bowl was dead compared to the yeah the, the Rose and the what would be the the Atlanta committee. They the Atlanta committee has done a hell of a job, man, and they're the same folks that have oh, yeah. figured, figured out how to get um this to Atlanta I I do wonder if Birmingham is seeing the final days of media days being there because I know we got to go back there in 19 which is too bad but I I mean you know being that Birmingham is not an SEC town using your logic um, I don't know why they owe really any allegiance to Birmingham either
1: well, I think the sta- I think the city gives them a nice deal at the conference offices and the, you know, they do feel some loyalty to Birmingham and I think that's why you'll always see media that go back to Birmingham every now and then
0: because So you think the they will the you think they will it. move it to Atlanta once and for all?
1: No, I don't think so. I think they'll move it around. I think they'll have it in Atlanta every 2 or 3 years, 4 years. I think they'll be- I think they might go to Dallas. I was I just going to I was just
0: going go to say you, you know what I heard? Was that they were kicking around doing it in Dallas,
1: right? I think you might see something like that just to poke the Big Twelve in the eye, and Texas in the eye, um, and to see what kind of reaction they get. But I don't see that as a long term profit. You know, I don't. I, I, my guess is that would be kind of weird. Just feel weird the whole way around. So what, I think what about
0: you see it, what I, about what about Nashville for this event? I, I don't think it would be ideal for me personally. It's it's a, not an easy trip to Nashville, but. What SEC loves
1: Nashville. has a great relationship with the city via the basketball tournament. So mm-hmm. I could see that. I definitely can see that. Um, and you were I, saying I they were going to go
0: down to where were you going to say Orlando or Jacksonville? Somewhere
1: in somewhere in Florida. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville feels like a really forced fit, but maybe Orlando somewhere, but somewhere in Florida. Yeah,
0: forced. Why, why would it be forced in in Jacksonville? Out I don't know.
1: It's just Jacksonville just feels a weird, like a weird fit to me. So does Orlando's. I don't know, so I don't know. Well,
0: you yeah, know, here is the thing about Dallas or Arlington and Jacksonville; those are the only two sites where there is neutral site games in the league. I mean, they're both league games, so right. You know, and if you are, if you are, I said that if I were the SEC, and the next time the Cotton Bowl is hosting the national championship game, I would put the I would put media days there that year. That that makes sense to me. Um, it coming to Atlanta this year. Is um not that bad, but it would have been even better last year, so it's an exciting look. At least we get to talk about these things now, and you know, we're by the time we we, we talk again, we're only gonna be about six weeks, I think it is, from actual game week. So, one, let's see, one, two, All right, three, four, five, six, yeah, it would be six, and Another September start, and Carolina kicks off on the first. Or are they doing a Thursday game? I think A and M has got the Thursday game this year,
1: right? Yeah, no, they're the first. Yeah, they're the first. Coastal Carolina on the first. Mm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Well, Josh, I appreciate it. We've got music now. You can't hear it. Oh, good. I have to put put it in there. We've got music now. Man, aren't we
1: fans? Super to be back.
0: Don't let me down, Josh. Don't let me down. Alright, until All right, I'll try. I'll until, try. until next week, everybody keep the elephant off your back and join us on the round table uh, here on Dog Post.